a voice cries out. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. In 1971, Julianne Diller was 17 years old. Her father ran a research center in the Amazon jungle in Peru. And on Christmas Eve, Julianne and her mother were flying from Lima, Peru to a town near that research center. And about an hour into the flight, a storm was terrible and surrounded the plane and it was hit by lightning. The plane started to plunge to earth the fuselage broke apart and Julianne found herself strapped to a row of seats tumbling about two miles down to the canopy of the Amazon jungle. And they think because of those seats and because of the overgrowth of the trees in the forest, her life was spared. Julianne was the only one to survive that plane crash. And after a day or so, when she had sort of come to her senses, she realized that nobody was going to come and rescue her. And so she began to walk and crawl and to swim through the dangers of the Amazon until she was rescued. And for the rest of her life, Julianne would say, I learned that nothing in life is safe, not even the ground we walk upon. In 1970, 1985, a woman by the name of Bridget Gurney was 49 years old, 
living in New York City. Her husband had died of cancer the year before. She had two young sons. And one morning in New York City, she went to the dentist. She was walking home on the sidewalk when a crane fell over and pinned her on the sidewalk. You can see if you look carefully, she's there in the circle. It crushed her legs and took hours to free Bridget from this wreckage. And it would take 13 surgeries before Bridget Gurney could walk again. But she survived. And this weekend, we have all been saddened and shocked by the collapse of a condominium building in South Florida, where over 150 people were just asleep in the comfort of their own home. And unexpectedly, the building toppled down. And we fear that most of those people are lost. Life has tragedies. Difficult times come, bad things happen. In a moment, things can change. We are flying on an airplane. We are walking down a sidewalk. We are sleeping in the comfort of our own bed. And in a minute, tragedy can strike. And this, in fact, is what the first 39 chapters of the book of Isaiah are saying. Life can be difficult. Terrible things can and do happen to us. The prophet knows that the people of God, these people of Israel, have been conquered by the Assyrians. Their homes destroyed, many people killed, carted off to a strange land to be in exile for generations, to be in forced labor. These first 39 chapters of Isaiah will also say to us, God is punishing these people for their sins. And even today, there are Christians who when something bad happens, will say, God is punishing the people for their sins. But you know, that is not the message of Jesus Christ. These people in the Old Testament did not have the life and the ministry and the message of Jesus Christ, which is a message of love, not a message of a God who punishes, not a message of a God who is angry, not a message of a God who destroys and abandons, but a message of a God who is with us and loves us and seeks that we should have life abundantly. It is, in fact, in many ways a disservice to Jesus Christ to say God is punishing someone when tragedy strikes, 
I mean, after all, if we believe that Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins, then why would we continue to say that God is going to punish us when God has already given us Jesus? You see, these ancient people, they didn't have the explanations and the understanding that we have today. They didn't have Jesus. And remember that I will always tell you not everything in the Bible is equal. The teachings of Jesus Christ and the gospel are always the most important part of the scriptures to which we will judge everything else in the, in the Bible. What Jesus tells us is the final word, the way, the truth, the life. But beyond that, we understand things that those ancient people didn't. For example, sometimes bad things happen by our own actions. God gives us free will, and actions have consequences. So imagine your whole life, you decide you're never going to exercise, you're, you're never even going to walk, and you're going to make your diet to be fast food because you think it's so very tasty. Well, one day you have a heart attack. I, I'm here to tell you that's not God punishing you. That's the choices you have made in life leading to a natural conclusion. It is tragic. It's not a great thing. But there's an explanation. Sometimes the actions of others are going to cause harm to an innocent person. Think about Bridget walking down the sidewalk minding her own business and someone didn't secure the crane or didn't know how to operate the crane properly and she had the misfortune that it fell on top of her. Sometimes the actions of others will cause us harm. And sometimes things just happen because this world is not yet the new creation recreated and a hurricane or a tornado will cause damage or loss of life. It isn't God's punishment. It is the created order. It is the physics, the law of physics at work. You know, many years ago when I was in the Air Force, uh, I was sent for two weeks to aircraft accident investigation school. And I spent two weeks learning how to study when an accident happened and find the root causes of it. And I actually did go on one investigation. But the one thing I remember to this day from that school 35 or whatever 40 years ago was this. It is usually not just one thing that causes tragedies, accidents to happen. It is a series of things. It is human error. It is natural forces. So you look at Florida, and they're going to discover that the ground was sinking, that the construction of the building in the first place had been problematic, and that the people had been delaying repair, and that the weight on the roof, it, a whole series of things. But is God punishing all those people in the building? No. God is a God of love and forgiveness and life and sent Jesus to give us that message. 
But the interesting thing is beginning at verse, verse, chapter 40 of Isaiah, the message shifts. The message moves from this bad things are going to happen to a message of hope. Now, it's important to understand that the book of Isaiah was probably written by three different prophets at three different times in history. Uh, we like to think of it as one narrative by the early prophet Isaiah, but it was probably compiled later from three different writers. And in 40 through 66, you get this message of hope in the living God in spite of what the world brings. And, and the question that Isaiah places before us is, what will you do when difficult times come? How will you respond when you face tragedies in your life? Because Isaiah here in chapter 40 will say to us, look, there are mountains that you will face, obstacles in your life that you're not going to know how to get around and to go over. Maybe it's some physical illness. Maybe it's some financial difficulty. Whatever it may be, you feel like the mountain is insurmountable. Or maybe you are in the deepest valley. You are in the valley of grief from having lost someone who is dear to you. Or you're in a deep depression and you feel like you will never get out of the pit. Or maybe the road you're walking is just pretty rocky and you feel all the time like you might just tumble over, whether physically or metaphorically. Life brings difficult situations. We are like grass and the flower that will wither and fade. And yet, even the grass and the flower drop seeds into the ground. They are never without hope. This is the message that Isaiah is bringing, that you can anchor yourself to the living God through faith and through hope and through love. And Isaiah says this, in the wilderness, in the difficult time, prepare the way of the Lord. In the desert, in those dry places, make straight the path. In other words, the prophet Isaiah is saying, you must open your heart and your spirit and your soul to the living God. No matter what you're going through, to open yourself to see the very presence of God in your midst. The fact that God's promises are faithful and true and that God has for you a good future. I mean, that Jesus is about healing. Jesus is about life. But think about this. How many of the people in the Gospels 
make their way to Jesus. They don't just sit around over there hoping maybe Jesus will come by. They make a path in the wilderness. They touch his hem of his garment. They get their friends to carry him and poke a hole in the roof and lower them down. We have to believe that God is going to give us healing Maybe not today. Maybe not in the way that we want. But God will always have the last word. And whatever tragedies or difficulties we face, God promises that those will be made smooth. And we will arrive at a land flowing with milk and honey. And so this prophet says, lift up your voices. Shout, cry out. Here is your God. Our God is with us in the jungles of the Amazon. Here is your God. On a sidewalk under a broken crane, here is your God. In a condominium in South Florida, here is your God. In the hospital room, here is your God. When you're being let go at work, here is your God. In your broken relationships, here is your God. In your most difficult moments, here is your God. Emmanuel, God is with us. Whenever, wherever we are, God has not abandoned us. God has not forgotten us. God is not punishing us. God is not angry at us. God is not turning God's back on us. Here is your God. Here is your God, here and now. Julianne Diller, the plain lady, after crawling through the Amazon jungle, made the decision to commit her life to preserving the natural world. She became a scientist, and in fact, she took over her dad's research center. Here is your God. Bridget Gurney, being crushed by a crane wasn't her first tragedy. Not only did she lose her husband to cancer, she herself had had cancer. She lost the first child uh, that was born to her. And on top of that, years earlier, she had been in Switzerland on vacation riding a cable car at a ski resort, and the cable broke, and she crashed down to earth and was hurt. But listen, when Bridget died a couple weeks ago, at a ripe old age, her son said, 
that she lived her life with the motto, count your blessings. Count your blessings. Here is your God. It doesn't matter what life is going to throw at us because sooner or later we will all face difficulties and tragedies in our life. But the final word that stands forever is here is your God. Our God is a God of healing and wholeness and love. And if we will anchor ourselves to the living God, we know everything will work for our good. We know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We know that with God, nothing is impossible. Hope for the future is anchored in God. So when you face those tough times, people of God cry out in your loudest voice, here is our God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.